Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, Certified Lymphedema Therapist and the host of Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of Lymphedema Podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each week, I discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better the journey ahead. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Today's episode is sponsored by the National Lymphedema Network. Welcome back for episode 35 of Lymphedema Podcast. Just as promised from last week's interview, I'm continuing my discussion about dating, but this time from a male's perspective. It is true that there are three sides to every story, so to help me cover all my bases, I invited my friend Cam back to the podcast. Cam, welcome back. Hey, Betty. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Good. Well, I feel like I haven't seen you in a while, maybe like two months. How's your summer been? (laughs) It's been good. And uh, to catch some of the listeners up to speed, I did attend the first ever Camp Watch Me uh, summer camp for kids with lymphedema. And I was a guest counselor there and had an absolute blast. Was it fun? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of the kids, uh, man, it... uh, is either a great form of birth control or help me realize that I need to increase my energy levels because having a bunch of kiddos run around really drains the energy out of you. Oh, yes. Nothing is more exhausting than water and kids, and we had those going at the same time. (laughs) Exactly, but it was a blast. So for anyone who is new to the podcast today, will you go ahead and just give a quick introduction of yourself so we can all know exactly who you are? Sure. So my name is Cam Ayala. I'm 30 years old, and I am currently a celebrity ambassador for LEARN, which stands for Lymphatic Education and Research Network. Uh, But I'm also a lymphedema patient. I've had primary lymphedema since I was about 11 years old. So, you know, we're talking about dating today. Mm -hmm. And I, well, I'm going to throw it out there because I feel like just starting it out, um, a lot of people are familiar with you right now from being on the latest season of The Bachelorette. And if anyone is living under a rock, The Bachelorette or and The Bachelor is basically when The Bachelor or The Bachelorette just gets a house full of men or women and you basically dwindle it down until you find the person you're going to marry. So it's like speed dating on crack. Pretty much, yeah. And uh, I also most recently um, just got off The Bachelor in Paradise, which is kind of a spinoff of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Essentially, it's past contestants from The Bachelor and The Bachelorette put into this magical tropical beach in Mexico where you're basically given a second shot at love because obviously it didn't work out for you on your time on one of the previous shows. And it's a little less intensive in terms of the level of competition, but it's kind of more like musical chairs dating style so (laughs) yeah just got back from that so well this is a perfect episode for you then I think to just discuss dating and how that relates to your life with lymphedema and just your life in general Mm 
So first question, what really led you to being a contestant on The Bachelorette? Yeah, so I've had pretty serious girlfriends over the past six years, uh, really maybe like 10 years. So basically right when I graduated college, had a long-term girlfriend. Uh, then I relocated to Austin, Texas, where I'm currently living, and um, had two serious girlfriends in my tenure here over the past eight years. And when my most recent girlfriend, uh, this was about a year ago, um, she was a chiropractor and she was from Canada and her work visa got denied. So she ended up getting deported, which was something that kind of caught us both off guard. And I didn't want to do long distance. And I wasn't ready to get back on dating apps. And being from the South, most of my best friends are already married or engaged or in very serious, committed relationships. So I kind of felt somewhat of an outsider amongst my close group of friends. And I wanted to just try something completely unconventional and out of the norm and something that would push my comfort zone. And I had a friend who basically nominated me to be on The Bachelorette, and I never thought it was actually going to come to fruition. So when it did, I was all in on the experience, and um, I knew that the odds and probability of The Bachelorette being my one and only true love was minimal um, at best, but I was still optimistic to giving it the old college try and seeing you know, what could happen or what other opportunities could stem from that experience. I like that. Even though something crazy kind of happened in your life, you kind of made the best out of it and were like, okay, here we go. Yeah. And I think just in general, a lot of lymphedema patients, whether it's primary or secondary lymphedema, can relate to that sentiment. You know, when you're given this chronic disease, um, it has a lot of health implications, whether it's reoccurring infections or just the other trials and tribulations that comes with managing your swelling you got to be able to roll the punches every single day. And so I've kind of carried that sentiment from my lymphedema, uh, believe it or not, into my dating world. And I know we'll, we'll get more into that here shortly. Because I didn't really uh, get your dating history. I didn't make you fill out any paperwork or anything before this interview. <laughs> sure. um, so since you had more committed long-term relationships, um, I want to dive right in and just see what was it like the first time you told your girlfriend um, about your lymphedema, was it right off the bat? Was it a little while into it? What was that like? Yeah. So my first serious relationship um, was my senior year of college. And at that time, um, I had pretty well managed my swelling, wearing my compression garments uh, in the day or when I was doing any strenuous activity or exercising. And then I would wear one of my nighttime garments, which uh, is pretty much just like a pillow. That's kind of a similar material. So it's really comfortable. And most people don't even really know that it has, you know, uh, a medicinal use to it. So when I told my first girlfriend about it, it was really just more so how I went through the whole diagnosis process when I was 11 years old and how that was such a nightmare in and itself, even living in Houston where I grew up surrounded by some of the top medical facilities and clinics, it still took a long time, almost about a year for me to get the right diagnosis of lymphedema. But at that point, I hadn't had any infections. Um, it was just really kind of managing the swelling and it wasn't that bad. And it wasn't until my second um, serious girlfriend here in Austin that experienced um, an episode of infection where I had to get emergency surgery that really kind of changed the dynamic of my lymphedema and how it kind of spilt over into my relationships. So 
Um, it's very tough. I think anytime you're dating somebody, regardless of their illness or whatever medical condition they have, or just any type of trauma that requires any type of surgery, because at that point in time, whether you're a prideful, you know, male or female, I know for me personally, I didn't like people to take care of me. I was kind of wanting to do everything myself, but when you had major surgery on your leg, like I did, and I was, you know, expected to be bed rested for anywhere from three to six weeks with a pick line IV in my arm. There were just many everyday activities that I couldn't do that required the help of a girlfriend or boyfriend and, and other people's situations. And that can either make or break the relationship. And for me, initially in my second serious relationship, it really did um, give us kind of a bond because we hadn't really been, we'd only been dating, believe it or not, only two weeks. And I had my series of infection and I had major surgery. And so she was by my side through all of that. But post-op is when things got a little bit um, difficult from a relationship standpoint, because the first version of, of Cam that she knew was this fun, easygoing guy who would like to do fun outdoor hikes and would like to go dancing at the restaurants and bars. And when you're recovering from surgery, you just can't do that. And I was on a lot of pain medicine. So I was kind of lethargic and just, you know, drowsy and woozy most of the time. and just wasn't my sane self. And that eventually kind of spilled over into the relationship. And especially when you start talking about like physical intimacy, obviously there's a lot of things you can't do when you're recovering from surgery. And when you're fresh into a relationship, I know for most people, um, physical intimacy is something that you can explore that can either make or break the relationship as well. So um, in a roundabout long way, um, my infections that I had um, from my second serious relationship did play a pivotal role and eventually was one of the main reasons why our relationship didn't work out. And that's a lot up front. It's crazy. I mean, two weeks into dating someone new, you kind of got yeah. this. It's, it's a new role. It's not even just, hey, I like you getting to know you now it's i'm kind of your now caretaker. you're my caretaker yeah. exactly yeah um, and that's kind of why being on the bachelorette i was kind of used to expediting relationships because i had experienced that before even going on a reality tv show well when you're around your friends do you show off your lymphedema leg do you hide it what do you do uh, just on a daily basis? Uh, yeah, I'm actually pretty fortunate that um, I grew up in Houston and I'm currently living in Austin. And my roommate is one of my best friends that I've known since sixth grade. And he was also my basketball teammate growing up. So he's known about my lymphedema ever since I've had it. So he's seen me wear my compression garments. Um, he knows what some of my physical limitations are. He knows about all the infections and surgeries I've had. So um, him and then my other immediate group of friends have, have known me since, you know, college. So it's not new to them, but, uh, for example, when I was entering the bachelor mansion and, you know, a week or two in, I wasn't super upfront with my lymphedema until I was ready to tell Hannah, who was, who was the bachelorette at the time. But I did have to tell the guys before I told her, I said, look, guys, there's something very serious. I need to tell Hannah. And it's something that has impacted my life severely. It's made me who I am, but it's also been a reason why I've had a couple of relationships that ended. So I would be doing myself, my relationship with Hannah, and quite frankly, you guys a disservice if I wasn't open and transparent about my condition. And unfortunately, uh, my time on The Bachelorette was cut short because 
a gentleman told Hannah that I was going to tell her this kind of sob story about my medical history and what I'd been through only to get a pity rose so I could stick around, which was probably one of the more difficult experiences I've ever had because that was the very first time in my entire life that I've had lymphedema kind of thrown in my face. And I've had a narrative that was kind of shifted for negativity as opposed to having sympathy and empathy and understanding. Yeah. Which is not fair for anyone who have a disability or a disease or a chronic condition used against them in any aspect of life, really. Yeah, so it was not unfortunate. Cool to whoever did that, not cool. Yeah, it's it was unfortunate, but I think part of it too, it just perpetuates the global narrative that people don't understand how severe lymphedema is and how it impacts patients every single day. And not only the patients, but their spouses, their families, um, coworkers, and friends. Because one thing that I've learned from my experience on reality TV is that I needed to be more vocal about my lymphedema, which is why I've become an advocate and a spokesperson with Learn. And I've even now made it my professional career to work for a company that manufactures compression pumps. And I think a lot of lymphedema patients suffer in silence because they may not necessarily want sympathy or they don't want special treatments. But as a now relatively healthy 30-year-old male, I am not afraid to say, you know what, guys, hey, I can't go on that long hike. Or you know what, if we're going to go to this concert, um, I'm going to need to get a bar stool or some area where I can kind of sit down because stagnant standing for a while, I know for me personally, irritates my leg and I won't have a good time if I'm having to deal with that. The National Lymphedema Network invites you to attend their annual conference October 26th through the 28th at the Westin Boston Waterfront. This is a great opportunity to hear from leaders in the lymphedema community as they speak about topics that are relevant to you. You won't want to miss this great event. Go to www.lymphnet.org for more details. Use the promo code PODCAST when registering to receive a special discount offer. The National Lymphedema Network, empowering people with lymphedema to live life to the fullest. So say you're out at a concert, like you were just talking about, and you find someone that you're interested in. Um, Would you be up front in telling them about your lymphedema in your leg, or would you wait, play it cool, see how it goes later, or are you just kind of up front? You know, it kind of depends on just the vibe that I'm feeling with that individual. Um, You know, when you're fresh into the dating world and you're single, I think you can kind of get a judge to see if there's any chemistry there. And I'm an open book. That's how I've always been. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm, I'm probably the TMI guy. <laughs> um, even when I'm on a first date, I will talk about my past relationships, not to like talk bad on my exes, not at all, but just like what I've learned and what my aspirations and expectations are. But to like answer your question, if I'm at a concert, for example, uh, and I happen to find someone that catches my eye and we kind of have a moment and we start to strike up a conversation. If she sees my compression garment, that's obviously a conversation piece in itself because all the ones that I have are black. I don't have any of the nude color ones, which I know fortunately for a lot of people, they wear some really cool design ones or ones that kind of blend in. So it's not as noticeable, but for me, I've kind of embraced it and I know it is a conversation piece. I'm not ashamed of it anymore. And especially I don't want uh, a girl that I'm talking to 
to maybe see me wince a little bit or if I'm kind of dancing or just moving around and I kind of have my knee lock up or irritate me a little bit from all the surgeries I have, I don't want her to think that I'm like annoyed or disinterested in her. I just kind of have to let her know, hey, this is a condition that I have and I need to make a couple of, you know, alterations or, hey, let's go sit over here on this bench or let's go sit under this tree so I can cool off and get comfortable where I can embrace the conversation without feeling like I'm in pain or I'm making her feel uncomfortable. If that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense because you want to be up front so that, like you said, if you need to sit down and take a break or your knee bothers you or something, she doesn't think like, mm, he just kind of wants to get out of this conversation. But yeah, you got to be upfront about it to a point just for honesty, you know? Yeah. And when you have lymphedema um, for the foreseeable future, there's no cure for it. And it's something that's part of all of our patients' lives. And I know that everyone feels comfortable um, at their own speed of when they want to disclose that information to a significant other or someone that they're dating or interested in. But for me personally, and again, this is me personally, I find the sooner the better because I don't ever want someone to feel blindsided or feel like, oh, well, why did you, you know, just like not tell me that up front? Um, so for me personally, again, I think honesty is always the best policy. And transparency and over-communication goes pretty far, at least from my past experiences. Outside of your experience on the bachelorette um, and that lymphedema chronic illness kind of being thrown back in your face, have you had any other dating stories? I don't, I mean, I'm not looking for like dirt here, but sure, sure. Uh, any like a story that went well or a story that maybe didn't go the way you had hoped? Um, I'll, I'll go back to my girlfriend before I went on the bachelorette. So my most, I guess my most recent, like serious committed relationship, uh, we dated for a little over nine months and in that nine month period, kind of towards the back end, I'd say the final like four months into it. Um, I did have another episode of infection and part of the reason why I had an infection is, uh, my girlfriend being a chiropractor believes in kind of more of a holistic medicine approach, which I totally believe in as well, but it's not right for every patient in every scenario. So one of the things she wanted me to do was try a healthier diet, which is amazing. And I did, and that that's right for anybody with any condition, you want to have a healthy diet. But the other thing too, is she wanted me to get off my antibiotic um, that I was taking, which is amoxicillin, just kind of a basic suppressant, just to make sure that we keep the infection from reoccurring. Um, I don't like that that's my treatment at the time, but that's kind of all that I was presented with and still currently am presented with. But she wanted me to kind of taper off of the amoxicillin. So we did that thinking everything would be fine and kind of let the body heal itself. And unfortunately, one month after I got off the amoxicillin, um, kind of per our consensual experiment, if you will, uh, I did have another episode of infection where I was back in the hospital and having surgery and and she was a good caretaker um, just because that's in her nature. But I think she felt partially responsible for that infection because it was kind of her idea to get me off that. But again, same situation with her as the girlfriend before her. When you're post-op, you're not your same self. She was a very active girl. We did a lot of fun outdoor activities together and we just couldn't do that. And all I could really do was just kind of stay, sit inside and, and watch TV. And, you know, again, when I was on the pain medicine, I just wasn't my true self. And that obviously did have a negative impact on the relationship. And I think that 
what my main key takeaways from both of those dating situations when you're dealing with pride and not wanting to feel like you need help all the time is that that's what relationships are for, at least in my, in my humble opinion, is that you're there for someone through thick and through thin. Because when I'm thinking long term and I'm envisioning my future spouse, my future wife, and I'm exchanging wedding vows, part of that is you say in sickness and in health. And I think a lot of younger couples don't really um, experience the level of sickness that I did or that a lot of other lymphedema patients have that may have cellulitis or just issues with uh, mobility. Uh, It really does put the relationship through the ringer. And I know that my future spouse is going to embrace that head on and it's only going to make our relationship stronger and it's not going to be a deterrent to ultimately be the end of us like it was in my past two relationships. I want to close out with two questions. Well, really, one is a question and one is you giving advice. But what would your perfect date be? Okay, perfect date. So I live in Austin and I'm actually about to move to Houston. And fortunately in Houston, there's a pretty decent music scene too. I love music. I love live music. So to me, the perfect date would be on a Saturday. And we would start the day off by getting some brunch somewhere. Um, or I make it myself. I love to cook breakfast food. So brunch, either it's at our favorite restaurant or I'm cooking it for us at my place. And then from there, we transition to some sort of outdoor activity, uh, whether it's uh, canoeing, kayaking, stand-up paddle boring, or just going to a nearby park. And then followed by um, dinner, like a light dinner. Like I like street tacos. Like maybe go to a taco truck or get um, a slice of pizza or something and go to a concert, but like a chill concert, like like kind of chill acoustic indie music where we can kind of sit up on a hill and just enjoy each other's company, finish out the night with ice cream and uh, I don't know, maybe some Netflix and chill as we millennials say. Well, dang, good thing I'm married because that sounds like a pretty good day. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. It's it, you got to make a full day out of it. Um, but I know you can't always do that, especially once you're like embedded into a full relationship. You maybe have to scale it back, or you kind of do more errands together. Which I love cleaning my apartment or cleaning my house, where I'm just having music going in the background and just kind of therapeutic busy work. Because yeah. I'm also kind of OCD and I like to keep things clean and organized. So having a girlfriend, you know, partner, spouse that shares that same, I guess, routine and lifestyle is something that I'm looking for. When you're married, will you go grocery shopping with your wife? Absolutely. I can't stand that we live in a time period where people do like the Instacart and the other grocery deliveries. Now, I'm saying that now. I'm I'm hating on that now because who knows, especially when I have kids um, in the future, you want to be as efficient with your time as possible. So that may be something that I embrace full heartedly and listen back to this podcast and they go, you're such a hypocrite. But I don't mind grocery shopping because I like finding new recipes and, you know, seeing specials and just kind of browsing the uh, aisle to aisle. It's, it's, it's nothing that I dread. No, I totally get that. And I think there comes a time where you're like, oh my gosh, I do not have time to get to the store today. And it is helpful, but you're right. Definitely going to the store is better. And I yeah, don't I, want anyone else picking out my produce. I exactly. I, and And if it's like a Saturday or Sunday and it's just, it's a life errand that you have to do. Yeah. It's not sexy. Yeah. It's not a fun date, but if you're with the person you love, you can still have fun doing it. And that's how I know why I've met the right person that we can be doing the dishes together and still having the time of our lives. That's great. 
So to close out, I just basically want to ask if you would give us some advice to anyone else who is struggling with lymphedema and dating, what is your words of wisdom, Cam? My words of wisdom is, again, for me personally, and I think a lot of listeners will relate to this, is just to be as transparent and honest as soon as you can. I'm not saying you necessarily have to say that on the first date, because I think the first date is just seeing if there's chemistry there overall, if it's even worth a second date. And the second date, you're trying to see maybe you want to get to the intimacy part. And if your lymphedema impacts your intimacy or maybe other future date activities that you want to do, it's better to be upfront and transparent with that as opposed to arriving at the date and you may catch them off guard. And I know that there's other pieces that come with lymphedema, uh, such as lymphorrhea, which if the uh, the listeners who don't know what that is, sometimes if you have really bad lymph drainage, it can actually seep out of your skin and that can be pretty embarrassing. I fortunately haven't had to deal with that uh, too many times, but I've had that when I've been in relationships and I've had to explain to my girlfriend, like, hey, I didn't pee myself. This is lymphatic fluid. I did way too much of a strong ab workout and I need to just take it chill tonight. I need to make sure my skin is clean. I need to apply compression and elevation and let's just have a chill night tonight. And I'm not a beast. This is just, it comes with the territory. And, um, and again, if you have someone who's not going to accept you for your condition, then that's just not your person. And it may be a tough pill to swallow in the moment and in the heat of the relationship, because I've experienced that on three separate occasions. Again, that's just, those weren't my people. And I know that my person will love me flaws and all. All right, Cam. Well, thanks for being back with us on the podcast. Thanks again for having me, Betty. And uh, always love our conversation. And if anybody in the lymphedema community has any questions, um, or just needs an ear, um, I'm always here for you guys. You can find me on my Instagram page at Camron, C-A-M-R-O-N, Ayala, A-Y-A-L-A. And happy to connect and continue to build this lymphedema community that I'm so passionate about. Are you going to the Harvard um, Lymphatic Symposium coming up in October? Uh, Funny you should ask. I'm actually giving the keynote there at the uh, Lymphatic Patient Symposium there at Harvard Medical. So that's in late September. Really excited about that. And I'm also going to be back in Harvard in October for the National Lymphedema Network Conference. So a lot of fun happenings and any other speaking engagements I have, I'll be sure to keep you guys posted on my Instagram page. All right, Cam. Well, thanks for being back with us on the podcast. And I really appreciate you just kind of speaking from a male's perspective on dating because it's such an important topic to the lymphedema community. And I've had a ton of, you know, 20, 30 year old um, lymphedema patients and now friends um, reach out to me and really want to hear perspectives from men and women on dating because it's just not easy. And in general, dating right now is not easy. I'm pretty oh, glad. You're telling I'm me. <laughs> I've, uh, I've done a little bit of everything. Blind dates, set up with friends, friends of friends, gone on two reality TV shows, and yet I'm still single. But you know what? As Michael Buble said, I just haven't met her yet. Mother Teresa says, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about dating from a male's perspective. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.